morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Father's Day to all of the dads that are out there. We have an opportunity for you to sit down on a bench and get your picture taken in front of a nice Father's Day tie. And uh, we have a coffee mug out there for you on your way out, so uh, make sure you pick up one of those. Good to have all of We'll recognize the dads in just a little bit, uh, but welcome. I'm going to jump right to Miss Abby. I'm going to jump right to the picture. This is what I did yesterday. If we can pop, there you go. Logan Snotty got married to that uh, beautiful lady. Her name's Emily, and uh, that was in New Hampshire. So yesterday morning, I was in New Hampshire, and uh, we got their wedding off. So I wanted to share that with you. We're so excited. If you don't remember Logan, it's all right. Uh, <laughs> he was an intern here about uh, four years ago, something like that, five years ago. It's been a while. But anyway, he, uh, they asked me if I'd do the wedding, so uh, there we go. Let's go on to the announcements, see what we have. It's a beautiful day out there, so we're glad to have you. If you're get visiting for the first time, please stop by the Welcome Center that we don't have. Um, we're getting ready for Vacation Bible School. If you'll, uh, if you'll, we'll give you a rain check. If you promise to come back, we'll promise to uh, give you a uh, gift before you... Uh, you leave the next time around, all right? But right now we're set up for Vacation Bible School, and I couldn't even tell you where it's at. But if you're visiting online for the first time, you know you can uh, let us know that you're out there. It's always a blessing. Vacation Bible School does start tonight. Now listen up. This is important. Some of you are going to miss this because people have a tendency to kind of talk their way through announcements, and you're going to miss it. But tonight... The uh, kids will be in here at 6.30. That's the first thing that happens tonight. Nothing happens at 6 o'clock. You'll show up and you can watch the kids. That's fine at 6.30. Then they'll leave here and at 7 o'clock we'll start the service in here at 7 o'clock. All right? We're just going to stick with the same, same times for Vacation Bible Schools all the way through. So it goes through, uh, through Sunday, or through Sunday, through Friday, sorry. And I'll tell you why I'm not uh, speaking clearly in just a moment. But anyway, so be here tonight. What time are you going to get here? Seven. Seven. Unless you have kids that are in vacation Bible school, please show up by 6.30. That would be a great help. Uh, then uh, we have TNT is well on the way. We'll still be having TNT, even though we have vacation Bible school this week as well. So it's tubers versus grammars. If you don't know what that means, there's a reason. And the reason would be that... There you go. I, was, I didn't want to say it, but I thought I'd let somebody else say it. The reason is you're old. Okay. Uh, the teenagers know what that is anyway. So that's YouTubers versus Instagrammers, all right? So that's what it is. We always have a theme. And so that's at 7 o'clock this Tuesday. Uh, teen camp is coming up. The important thing we need to get to you is that uh, for next Sunday, which is earlier than normal, there is going to be a meeting for everyone who's going to camp plus one parent or guardian, all right, at least one parent or guardian. So after the morning service, right over here with Pastor Andrew, if you can make sure that you're there uh, so that we can all be on the same page. The following week is Fourth of July weekend, which wouldn't work, and the following week is the Sunday before we leave for camp. So you need to meet uh, beforehand. Final payment is due by July 5th, and we have about 41 teenagers going to camp, so we're excited about uh, all the things happening at camp. And then we have a wedding shower for Charity Myers. We actually got the spelling right, too, this week, so that's exciting. Uh, and uh, there's going to be Sunday. That's next Sunday, June 25th. Uh, it's right after the morning service. Taco Bar will be provided. So if you have a meeting with Pastor Andrew, uh, you're going to have to make that meeting fairly quick, Pastor Andrew, so that they can go on over to the, uh, 
to the wedding shower as well. It was after the morning service. Did I say that right? That's what I thought. Uh, so John and Charity are registered at Amazon and Walmart, and there is a glitch. In, did, we get, did they ever get that glitch fixed for Walmart? So, okay, so if you, if you need a link on the church group of, uh, of Facebook, then Facebook church group, uh, you can find the actual link because there's, there's trouble when you go through the Walmart app trying to find it. I don't know why. And Miss Cheryl's collecting um, for a group gift if you'd like to get involved in that. And then our missionary of the week are the Dillmans who are in Scotland. And uh, so let me share with you real quickly. Uh, I made a copy of that because I knew I would not have it up here. Sorry about this. I'll get there. So last, uh, fri last week, if you remember, my father-in-law fell and broke his hip during the revival. Then Friday, he pulled that new hip out of socket. He's 93, his thinking is not clear, and we don't know exactly what he did. He was at rehab. And anyway, so they put that back in yesterday. Melody spent all day at the hospital. Thank you for those who went up to help her out and give her a little bit of breaks. Uh, so she's there at the hospital. I'm going to leave here early today and go and give her some rest because my flight didn't get in until about 11.30 last night. I gave her a rest last night, uh, but uh, I need to give her more of a break. So if you can just uh, just uh, pray for them. So here, here's the, here's the um, Dillmans. Adon says, please pray for Amar. He's a Muslim man that they met while passing out tracts, and they're trying to uh, reach him. So continue to pray for Amar and pray for Tommy, a man in our church that has a a, a trial date coming up, and that trial date, um, he he had some minor crimes that were before he trusted Christ, and so he just recently got saved, and now they're just praying that he would be able to to uh, get those things worked out. So if you'd remember those things for the Dillmans as they work diligently in Scotland, they would appreciate it. All right, let's have the men come. We'll take up the uh, the morning offering, and uh, so glad. To, doesn't, doesn't everything look cool? Uh, several people have said to me, Pastor John, we need to just leave the stained glass up. Well, there's two problems with that. One is you know it's not stained glass, right? It's, it's just poster paint, and the moment your kids touch it, you're going to hate me because they're going to take it home with them. Uh, and, uh, so, and it won't last. If you really wanted to replace it with stained glass, let's just talk about other things that we could do with the $25,000 or so that it would take to do each pane of glass. Uh, so we've, we can probably find some other things to do with that. All right. Brother Tim, would you ask God's blessing on the offering, please, and on the morning service? Our dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for gathering us together. and We thank you for the opportunity this coming week of working with the children through Vacation Bible School. We ask for good hearts and that you would give wisdom to the teachers and leaders as we work with the children. And so we think of our own hearts and the revival that recently completed that you just might continue to direct and guide our uh, decisions there that we would be more like you each day. We also ask that you might uh, give wisdom as the campers go to camp now in just a few weeks that uh, you'd prepare hearts for that as well. Ask that you might give direction to your Holy Spirit this morning as your word is presented. We thank you for the tithes and offerings that will be presented, that uh, you would use them to further your gospel around the world. In your name, amen.
Andre. Okay, so we are growing a lot. And so if you don't recognize me, I'm Darren Smith. Pastor Andrew asked me to lead the singing here. If you don't know me, I'm just a taller and quieter version of Pastor John, okay? So we have, we have, we have the uh, bald thing going. But anyway, we're going to sing How Great Thou Art. We just finished a, a revival, and just for review, what was the theme? Thrive. And he said, I, I loved it when he said, when uh, Dave Young said, I like bumper stickers. I like to read bumper stickers, too. And I came across one the day after Pastor Andrew asked me if I would lead a song. Or the day before, I'm sorry. And when he asked me to, if, what song did I wanted to lead, I immediately said, how great thou art. And this is why. This, this uh, bumper sticker on the car had a picture, a silhouette of a backpacker. And it said, all those who wander aren't lost. And I liked that. I liked that. And so it, made, it brought me to this song. And in the second verse, it says, When through the woods and forest glades I wander and, heard the, and, hear, the, her, and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. So I, I ask you this question. What is it that makes you think about the Lord? Does it take just a simple stroll through the, through the forest? Is that what makes you think about the Lord? Or do you think, wow, that's a pretty neat looking tree. Isn't that awesome? Or do you say, wow, look at that tree. God made it. Isn't he awesome? That's where we need to get. Let's stand as we sing How Great Thou Art. We're going to sing all four verses. Sing it out loud because I do not like my own voice. So let me hear you guys, not me. Oh, Lord, my God, I
and Sopranos, keep it up there on that high wind and let's end it that way, all right? When Christ at Southeast. Uh, we're going to be in James 1, 19 through 27. Let's see what it has to say about thriving. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion, and undefiled before God and the Father, is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. May God's word sanctify your hearts this morning. You may be seated. It's Father's Day. A time to celebrate all the wonderful fathers out there. Not just for being shining examples of how great a dad can be, but also for being wonderful reflections of who God is. Like God, you've provided for us. You've shown us how much you care from the very beginning. With God, you've guided us helping us navigate through every decision, big or small. You've been present. It sounds so simple, but it's so important. Just knowing you're there when we need you. You've been patient with us, helping us to grow and learn from all the mistakes we make. And like God, you forgive us offering us grace so those mistakes can never define us. And most of all, you've loved us unconditionally as only someone filled with God's love could. So today, we thank you, Dad, for all of this 
and so much more. Happy Father's Day. Let's have all the dads in the room please stand up so we can recognize you and give you a hand for uh, thank you so much for being dads. We appreciate that. The importance of dads is just beyond beyond the ability to speak up, right? It's uh, statistically, uh, it's incredible what a dad being in the home does to change the statistical outcome of a family. It just is incredible. And we appreciate your faithfulness to get your families here to church today. What a joy it is. I can't start talking about dads because I'll talk about my dad or talk about my father-in-law and I'll get myself in trouble. So anyway, we're not going to do that. Uh, the, um, there's an old, there's an old uh, Southern Gospel song uh, that says, it's entitled, it's a long title, it's called, Then I Fell on My Knees and cried holy. Do you guys ever hear that song? All four of us, so maybe more, 15 of us, 20 of us. So the song is like this. You, you, walk into, uh, you walk into heaven for the first time, and you meet Peter, and you meet Abraham, and you meet Jacob, and you keep meeting all these people, and you're like, that's great, that's great, but I want to meet Jesus. I don't want to meet Jesus, and they just keep introducing him, but, but I want to meet Jesus. And then in the song, the guy turns, and he falls on his knees. That's the concept of this song that we know. It's one of our hymns of the month. Bow the knee as I enter into God's presence. It is with the idea that let's, let's come boldly to the throne, but humbly to a God who deserves our worship and our praise. Let's sing together. I'll let you stay seated as we sing Bow the Knee together. What a privilege to come into God's presence. Anyway, because I was supposed to be still in New Hampshire, but uh, the wedding was early enough that I caught an earlier flight, and then fortunately, because my wife needed me here, I didn't know that, but the Lord did, so took, took care of all that. But anyway, in Isaiah chapter 6, uh, in Isaiah chapter 5, the, the uh, prophet is like, woe to these people, and woe to these people, and woe to these people, and woe to these people, and, and it's people who are living wicked lives, and he's telling them woe. And then in Isaiah chapter 6, the Bible says, and I saw the Lord high and lifted up. That you saw that phrase in the chorus of this song. I saw the Lord high. And, and when the prophet saw the Lord high and lifted up, his next statement is, Woe is me, for I am undone. 
That's what it's going to be like to enter into God's presence. As we sing this second, uh, second verse, let's, let's contem contemplate what it's going to be to come into the presence of our Savior and to do nothing greater than to worship the one who is worthy as we sing that second verse. In his hand he holds the power of of the object of your love. because then I'm sleeping on the couch. All right. First two. Here we go.
ahead and stand with me. We're going to sing our last song this morning before Pastor, well, before we have a special. We're going to sing our hymn of the month that we've been learning for the last couple weeks. We're going to add the third verse. So we'll sing the first, second, and third verse. a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. Dear dying Lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power till all the ransomed church of God 
be he saved to sin no more. Be he saved to sin no more. Be saved to sin no more. Till all the ransomed church of God be he saved to sin no more. When this poor lisping, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave, then in a nobler, sweeter song I'll sing thy power to save. I'll sing thy power to save. I'll sing thy power to save. Then in a nobler, sweeter song, I'll sing thy power to save. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Well, I'll just let you be dismissed. I already had two messages today from Darren and Pastor, so uh, we can just go home early on Father's Day, but no, it's uh, good to hear. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Move some of this stuff out of the way. Happy Father's Day to everybody, and uh, thank you as well. I just want to mention real quick, so I don't forget, I encourage you to come back tonight at 7, because uh, the Utah Mission Trip team, they eventually made it back. They got uh, lots of delays, cancellations, and all kinds of stuff. They'll probably hear about that tonight. Uh, but they're going to share about their trip. It was awesome. They had a great time. You probably saw some updates on Facebook. And uh, so come back at 7. They're going to kind of take over the service and uh, be with that. Now, it is Father's Day, so we can't have Father's Day without some dad jokes, right? Is that, is that okay with, uh, if we kind of break away from the sacred for a second and have, uh, have a little silly? So i got some dad jokes. I like dad jokes. The teens hate dad jokes because uh, they hear them from me all the time. But uh, So we'll give you a couple to lighten the mood a little bit and uh, help my nerves, I guess. So one of my all-time favorite dad jokes, i got to give a shout-out to Matt Green. He, uh, he sent me this one, but this one's pretty good. My wife screamed at me saying, you haven't heard a word of it I've said to you. I thought to myself, that's a strange way to start a conversation. <clears throat> that's a pretty good one. <laughs> Jessica loves that one, so yeah. Uh, did you hear about the, that uh, laughing too loudly is illegal in Hawaii? They only permit aloha. <laughs> um, I hate my job. All I do is crush cans all day. It's so depressing. <laughs> um, if a pig loses its voice, does it become disgruntled? Disgruntled? Yeah. All right. Sorry. Okay. Uh, rest in peace, boiling water. You will be missed. A couple more here. A couple more. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, thank you, thank you. Wow, you, you lasted a whole minute and a half before you said something, John. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's, a, that's a record for Father's Day. <laughs> oh, boy, you're going to get myself. Yeah, you even moved, so it was good. But anyways, a um, couple more here. Mom said I should do lunges to stay in shape. That would be a big step forward. Um, uh, time flies like an arrow, fruit, fruit flies like a banana. 
Uh, 6.30 is my favorite time of day, hands down. Get that, yeah. Uh, last one here, when you get a bad sausage, sausage, it's just the worst. <laughs> so, there you go. All right, there's some dad jokes. There's hundreds of more. If you uh, want some, you can just Google them. But anyway, uh, so uh pastor asked me a few weeks ago to preach uh, today, and uh, it's funny, I haven't done many holidays, but Father's Day, it's my second Father's Day preaching here. About three, four years ago, I preached on Father's Day, and uh, preached from uh, about God being our Abba, Father, our Daddy. And I know when Father Days comes, you know, it's like, all right, Father's Day, let's hammer the guys, you know, but I'm a father now, so I don't want to hammer myself today, you know, so uh, uh, we'll get some of that, but I wanted, I wanted a message that would just apply to all of us. And uh, so I started praying, studying, and we're going to look at this today. I'm pretty excited about it. It's a little different format of a message for me and maybe for you. We're kind of going to do a little word Bible study. Uh, kind of if you were in Bible college, a little systematic theology, don't let that scare you. You're like, oh great, it's going to be boring. Well, it might be, but um, I like just kind of digging into Scripture and seeing exactly what it says. And so we're going to do it. There's probably not going to be something today that you've, I've never heard this ever, uh, but we're just going to kind of jump in this theme today, God, your perfect Father, and, and how is He our perfect Father? What does that mean? How does that apply to us? And I hope that will be an encouragement to you. So you know, Father's Day brings a lot of different emotions, right, for different people. Uh, maybe you, you have or had a great father and have great memories. Uh, my brother Timothy is here with his family, and uh, we have a pretty good dad. He's not perfect, and we razz him a lot, all right, but we have a pretty good dad. I'm thankful for my dad. But maybe you're here and you've never met your father. You don't even know who that is, so Father's Day for you is a little different. Uh, maybe your father, you know your father, but uh, he's not so good of a father, uh, maybe this is your first Father's Day uh, without your father and the emotions that brings. Maybe you're a new dad, maybe this is your first dad and you're excited but you're freaking out, you know, that you're a dad now. But whatever emotions or feelings that you have today about your earthly fathers, I want to tell you today, I want to share with you that we have a perfect heavenly father. No matter how or what your earthly father has done, God is your father, and he is the supreme example of what a father is and should be. So your father is God, and he's there for you, and we're going to kind of talk about that this morning. So God can be your perfect father and the father that you need. Uh, he can offer you something that no one else, no human father, no person uh, can offer you. Uh, so we're going to kind of talk through that today. I've said that about three times now, so we'll uh, leave that phrase for later, I guess. Uh, but in that, I, I, we, we know, Pastor kind of mentioned it, and uh, that human fathers are important, right? They are very important. I like to research things and see stats and kind of see the latest things. So I've got a few of those uh, here, if I can uh, turn my clicker on. There we go. All right, so this is from the National Father initiative. Um, you can kind of see this here, hopefully a little bit. But it says, children with involved fathers have a strong foundation for child well-being. And then they kind of list, they've done this study, this is very recent actually, this came out, of if, if fathers are really involved uh, doing their job, these are the things that happened. Um, less injury, even they've, obesity somehow they've studied that. Uh, least likely their kids have suicide, crime, activity, all this stuff. Pretty interesting that the importance of an earthly father. Uh, here's another one. It says the father's absence 
crisis in America. 18.4 million children, one in four, I got to look back here because I couldn't see over there, without a biological step or adoptive father at home. That's pretty crazy if you think about that. Um, and then it says research shows when a child is raised in a father absent home, they are affected in the following ways. You can see a four times greater risk of poverty, two times greater risk of mortality. Okay, obviously, if you're here today and you don't have a father, all that, okay, we're not trying to throw it under the bus, but this is just the reality of some of these things. Uh, here's a few more that um, I saw. These are from the U.S. Census, Pew Research, Fathers.com, Furthering Father. They say that this is 2023 stats. There's about 72 million fathers in the U.S. So that's a decent number there. Uh, 2.6 million households in the U.S. are led by a single father. Comparatively, there are only about 1.2 million single dad households in 1990. Okay, so we've kind of doubled that in the last 30-some years or so. Uh, 33% of U.S. children live in a home without their birth father. Children without a father are more likely to show, um, I put that one there, yeah, disciplinary issues. Uh, 71% of high school dropouts are from a fatherless home. Uh, a few more here, maybe, maybe not, there we go. Yeah, um, and I won't go through all these, we can going to see more of them. Um, here's, there's some good ones in here. 52% of dads report showing more affection to their children than they received as kids. 47% of dads play with their kids more than their parents did. 46% of dads read with their kids more often than they recall being read to as a child. And then 54% of dads say, I love you more frequently than their parents did. Okay, so there's some good and bad in there. But I saw this this week and I thought this was pretty good. Uh, when a father attends church, there's a 93% chance that everyone else in the household will too. And that was by Tim Clinton, Max Davis, uh, some kind of numbers there. So we can kind of see it is important for earthly fathers. Um, so why is it important then to have a heavenly father who is God, who is perfect, who can be your father? Well, we're going to see what the Bible says with that. We're going to kind of do a little Bible study uh, through this and uh, jump in a lot of these verses. Now, we're going to read through all of this, but I kind of just put them in the slides for you. I will read where you're at in uh, 2 Timothy. Um, did I tell you 2 Timothy or 1 Timothy? 2 Timothy, good, that's where I am. All right, 2 Timothy 1. I'll start in verse 1. Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. And here's the, kind of the key verse here. Verse 2, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace mercy and peace from who? From God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. So I was reading and studying for this and I came across this God the Father and God our Father phrase. And so I'm like, you know, I just want to study this out. So I'm going to kind of share some of the, the study that I found with it and apply it here at the end. The first mention of God our Father in the Bible is actually in 1 Chronicles 29 verse 10. Uh, that's the first time we see God being referred to as Father, or God our Father, that phrase. But then in Malachi chapter 2, verse 10, it says, We have not known all, or have we not all one Father? Have not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously, every man against his brother, by profaning the covenant of our fathers? Now the word Father in the Hebrew has the meaning, literally, of Father, but of Chief or of God as father of his people. So in the Old Testament, except for two instances, it was God father of our fathers. Okay, so the God of 
Abraham, our father, the God of Jacob, right? So all the references, most in the Old Testament, except for a couple, were kind of like, our, he's the God of our fathers. Not the God our father, but their father, which is kind of interesting. Um, but then when we get to the New Testament, the first thing we kind of see the transition from God being the God of them, their father, to ours is in Matthew 22 or Matthew 23, verse 9, he says, And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. And then we jump into what we'll talk about here the rest of the time is the Pauline epistles. Paul, over 15 times, close to 20 times, uses this phrase, God our father. So up to this point to Matthew was their fathers, and now it is your father. It is our father. Romans 1, verse 7, you see it there, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Father here is referring to parent. It actually has the idea of near. We'll come back and talk about that. And then you can see the rest of the slide here, a couple slides, that almost every start of his epistle, Paul's epistles, he uses this phrase you see in 1 Corinthians 1, 2 Corinthians 1, Galatians 1, Ephesians 1, and he adds to this, our Father, grace be unto you and peace. So here's Paul writing to the churches, writing the Christians, and he says, grace and peace from who? God, your Father. God, our Father. That's incredible. We see it um, some other instances as well, Philippians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 Thessalonians 1. All these things, 2 Thessalonians, or 1 Thessalonians 1, he adds a little bit more there for us. Paul, Silvanus, Timotheus, unto the church, the Thessalonians which are in God, the Father and Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. If you jump down to verse 3, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and the labor of love and the patience of hope, and our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and what? Our Father. Awesome. Uh, then he kind of wraps out that kind of theme, First and Second Timothy. We just read one of them. And then Titus and then Philemon. Philemon, grace to you and peace. Almost every time, grace and peace are in that from God our Father. And then there's a few instances of some added things to God our Father. 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 says, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which what? Hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation, comfort, and good hope through Christ. Ephesians 1, 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of what? Glory. That's new added into his, Paul's description of God being our Father. Philippians 4, Now unto God our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Ephesians 5, 20, giving thanks always for all things unto who? God and the Father. God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And 1 Thessalonians 3, 11 and 13, now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our ways unto you. To the end he may establish you, establish your hearts unblameable in the holiness before God, even our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. So that's just kind of a snippet of kind of running through this God, our Father, a personal thing. Because the R, right? That R, that primary pronoun is of a first person, of you, of me, okay? So I want this to come right to you, okay? This isn't just a person out there or a being out there. 
this is someone who wants to have a relationship with you, that who he is can make an impact on you, which is pretty incredible. The God of the universe, the God who spoke everything into existence, wants to be your personal, perfect father. And I think that's pretty cool. So why do you think it is that Paul mentioned this so many times about God being our father? When I was telling this, so that, that question kind of popped in my mind. Why, why that? Why those words? Why our father? Why grace and peace? Why throw in love? He also threw in mercy at one point. Why? Well, I believe it's to show God and who he is, that he is both divine as well as personal, relational, right? Because a father is a relationship, right? My dad is my father, and there is a relationship, okay? So sometimes we go, okay, God is great and wonderful and powerful and might be out there somewhere, okay? But I think Paul has given us, okay, he is divine. There is something different than him than anything earthly, but he is also personal. He is a father. So here we have the perfection, the holiness, the divinity of God coming together with relationship, with a personal relationship. Also in the Bible, you know, repetition, so in English, right, our grammar, if we repeat something, that's bad grammar, okay? But in the Bible, repetition is for what? Anyone know? Emphasis, right? It's emphasis to drive home a point. So I think Paul is like, hey, just in case, you know, you don't catch it the first church I write to, and the second one, here's another one, here's, right? Each church, God has sent its own personal one, but to us, it's for emphasis. And I think Paul doesn't want us, the church, to miss out on a really big role, you could say, of who God is. So, what do we gather from this, all right? Very practical here as we kind of get into it, and we won't be, uh, we won't be too long with that. So, God, your perfect father, what, you, what is it? What is God being our perfect father? Well, first, he is the father of grace. And we're just literally, this word grace, I went in and I just pulled out exactly what this word grace means. So this is what God is. God is a God of grace. So what does this word grace mean? Karis is a Greek word. The idea is a manner or act, divine influence upon the heart, acceptable, benefit, favor, gift. It goes on to say that this word grace is that which, is, which affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loving, lovingness. Yeah, love, loveliness. Sorry, there we go. Say that right. This is your father of grace. Number one, the God, our God, is a God of grace. Just think about that list there for a second. There's a couple more here. Goodwill, loving kindness, of the merciful kindness by which God extends his love through Christ, keeps and strengthens. And I wanted to put all those words in there. I know when they tell you to make slides, you want to put limited words. But I put all those on there because that is what God offers. You ever stopped and thought about that? You know, grace is God's unmerited love, is unmerited favor to us. But look at all those words. Those are literally what that word grace means in all these passages. First, second Timothy, Ephesians, Philippians. That word grace that is right there next to God our Father is all that or all this. I'm pointing back there. You're right here, right? That God affords joy. Your Father gives you joy, delight, pleasure, divine influence in your heart. Just doesn't get to the outside, gets straight to the heart of the matter. Keeps you, strengthens you. And we look for that in a fatherly, earthly figure, right? 
that help. But man, a perfect person doing this for us, this is the father of grace. I was reading this story. Um, how many of you have seen trapeze, people doing trapeze, all this stuff, everything? Anyone seen it live, like in person? Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's pretty breathtaking. Uh, it's kind of, you know, they got to get the timing down, all that. But sometimes they, they fall, right? And you kind of near misses. In most cases, there's a net underneath. Okay, uh, when they fall, they jump back up, bounce back up, sometimes just right on the trapeze. But in Christ, we live, or in God as our Father in Christ, we live on the trapeze. The whole world should be able to watch and say, look how they live, how they love one another. Look how well the husbands treat their wives. And aren't they the best workers in the office at their job, the best neighbors, the best students? This is to, surely, um, sorry, last one, this is, this is to live on the trapeze being a show to the world. But what happens when we slip? The net is surely there. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ has provided forgiveness for all our trespasses. Both the net and the ability to stay on the trapeze are works of God's grace. thought that was a pretty cool illustration. And we continue and live in that, right? Do we fall? Do we mess up? I do. Is life hard even when we're doing the right thing and doing it well? But guess what? We have a Father of grace. We have a Father that acts on our behalf, that gives us pleasure, that is there with goodwill and loving kindness. So God, our perfect Father, number one, is a Father of grace. Number two, He's a Father of peace. Grace and peace, He says there. What's this word peace? All right, It means literally prosperity. has the idea of one, of unity quietness, rest, set at one again, to join. Also means the state of tranquility, harmony, security, safety, the way that leads to peace. Say, so the God of peace through Jesus Christ, you see that kind of end a lot of the verses, it's the way to Christ, it is the way for salvation. Contentment or content and fearing nothing, a soul assured of its salvation. Wow, isn't that incredible? That this father that we have, a heavenly, perfect, earthly father, is a father of peace. You can have rest in God. You can have quietness of your soul. You can have unity. You can have in this world that it seems like there's anything but peace going on. Wow, we can have contentment and fear nothing and have salvation in our soul through the father of peace. What else then? The father of mercy. Okay, we read that in one of the verses that added grace, peace, and mercy. Okay? This is literally what the ver- that word means in those passages. Of uncertain affinity, compassion. It is active, kindness of goodwill towards the miserable and the afflicted. Join with the desire to help them. Forgiveness of God and providing and offering to men salvation by Christ. Jump back to peace. I read this earlier. I thought this was really good. Peace that God gives is not the absence of trouble, but is rather the confidence that he is there with you always. It's an unknown author there. In 1555, Nicholas Ridley was burned at the stake because of his witness for Christ. On the night before Ridley's execution, his brother offered to remain with him in the prison chamber to be of assistance and comfort. Nicholas declined the offer and replied that he meant to go to bed and sleep as quietly as he ever did in his life. Because he knew the peace of God, because he knew the peace of God, he could rest in the strength of the everlasting arms of his Lord to meet his need. And so can we. That was the peace of God. And now the mercy of God. 
right? Mercy and grace are very similar, but the opposite, right? Grace has given us what we don't deserve, and mercy is withholding what we do deserve. So we have a Father who's gracious, a Father who gives us peace, and now a Father of mercy. And just look at these things that He does for us. There for the miserable, afflicted, ever been afflicted? You ever just wanted to throw the towel in? Man, desires to help, forgiveness of God, and providing an offering to men's salvation by Christ. You notice, too, a lot of these things are undeserved. I don't know about you, but I don't deserve this even from an earthly father, let alone a perfect heavenly father. And then the last one we see in those passages is he's a father of love. Much to love in a social, moral sense, but love to welcome, to entertain, to be fond of, to love dearly. This is literally a personal love. Uh, as there to be well-pleased, to be contented at, at or with a thing. This is this father of love. Jumping ahead of myself again, back to the Father's mercies here. That's all that heard this story. This, this was pretty neat. Years after the death of President Calvin Coolidge, the story came to light. In early days of his presidency, Coolidge awoke one morning in his hotel room to find a burglar going through his pockets. Coolidge spoke up, asked the burglar not to take his watch chain because it contained an engraved charm he wanted to keep. Coolidge then engaged the thief in a quiet conversation, discovered he was a college student, had no money to pay his hotel bill or buy a ticket back to campus. Coolidge counted $32 out of his wallet, which he had also persuaded the young man to give back, declared to be alone, advised the young man to leave the way he came in so as to avoid the secret service. All right? Well, there's some mercy, right? What did this guy deserve? Yeah, go to jail. You just robbed a president, you know? And yet, we see that mercy, and that's the same with God. And then, keep jumping around, I apologize that, but then we have the Father of Love. C.S. Lewis says, on the whole, God's love for us is much safer, is a much safer subject to think about than our love for Him. So this is the God we have. This is the Father we have. So application, we'll wrap it up here. How do we apply all of these, that we have a Father of grace, a Father of peace, a Father of mercy, a Father of love? Well, how does God become your Father? We talked about it, right? How does God become your father? Well, it's through Jesus Christ. We had time to go back through all those passages. What did it say? God our Father through Jesus Christ. The only way God can be your father is through relationship with Jesus Christ, by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online, and you never put your faith in Jesus Christ. God is not your father. You can't have grace, mercy, peace, and love because there's no relationship with his son. The Bible says in John 14, 6, Jesus saying, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father, what? But by me. So it's through Jesus Christ. So for you today, the application for you is, have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Is God your Father? He wants to be. He can be. But do you have a relationship with his son? And through that, have a relationship with God. Dads, we'll get you a little application here today. It is Father's Day. But dads, how we doing? Right? We can't be perfect. All right? I want to be the best dad ever. Right? You ever heard the slogan? Man, I, I was ready to be a dad. You know, I had my books ready and had my list. And okay, our kids, you know, they're not going to do this. They're going to do this. Well, you've all met my kids. So you know how that's worked out well. But, um, but we try, right? Here's the thing. Follow God's example. Right? This is the cool thing, dads. You have a heavenly father 
who wants to help you, right? Just like our dad, all right, trained us, helped us, was there for us, taught us, not in a perfect way, he's not perfect, God, your father is there to help you and train you and guide you. Man, dad, let's be like God. But it's impossible, right? I mess up, I fail, maybe today. Maybe today, Father's Day, woo, Father's Day is a day about me, and it's like, you know, didn't work out well in the car or whatever, okay? But guess what? Through who can we be like God? Jesus Christ. Dad, you have Jesus Christ. If you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, you have the grace of God, the power of God, the mercy of God, the love of God that you can then show to others. Man, when a dad is walking with God, what a great example of God our Heavenly Father. Right? Some people may never see or understand who God is, but might through dad, your testimony, your life, see, okay, he's not perfect, but he's like God, or he's trying to be like God. He's, he's gracious. He's merciful. He's loving. He's kind. So dad, let, let's follow God's example. Let's be gracious. Let's be merciful. All those list of things, man, let's have a couple of those in our life uh, for that. And then for everyone, right? We got some application for everyone. Now, once again, we don't have time to go back through all the verses, but in these verses, we saw application for everyone. Remember that? We stopped on that glory. Doxa is that name. is literally a praise of worship, of honor. So all of us, we can give God glory, honor, and praise for being your perfect father. Man, what a great response today, right? Father's Day, God is our father. He does all this. Man, we can just say, thank you, God. Wow, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Give him honor. Give him glory. We also read there in Ephesians, give thanks for his role as father in your life. Have you thanked God lately? Have you had a heart of gratitude for all that God has done for you and is doing for you? And then let's delight in God's grace. I mean, I don't know about you, but the grace of God is refreshing, right? When, man, I mess up, I fail, but God in his grace, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve salvation. I don't deserve his patience. I don't deserve that whole list. I don't at all. But what does God say? It doesn't matter if you deserve it or not. I'm giving to you anyways. Wow, that's incredible. So delight in God's grace today. Bask in the mercy of your Father that he's withholding things that we deserve. And then rest in the love of, of your Father. So we wrap it up. How are we doing, right? In this. Is God your Father? He wants to be. God's a good Father. He can be your Father. He is your Father. Will you let him be your Father? There's no better Father than God Almighty. Let's run to him. Let's rest in him. Let's refuel in him. And we've got to get Brett's class in here. Let's recharge in him today. All right, let's bow our heads, close our eyes for prayer. Flew through that, a lot more we could say, but I don't know where you're at today. Like I said, Father's Day is a unique day for everybody. Exciting, not exciting, nervous, emotions, happy, sad, great, not so great. But it can be if you know that God is your Father. So the first question we'll ask you, do you know Jesus as your Savior? Is God your Father? If you were to die today, God forbid, but you would enter in eternity, would you be in heaven with your heavenly Father? It's as easy as uh, you admit you're a sinner, you realize that you've done things against a holy God. He's perfect and you've sinned. You believe that Jesus died and rose again and you put your faith and trust in him to save you and you call on him to do that. So they're watching online and overflowing here. If you never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that's my plea and my, my call to you today. Will you let God be your father? you let Jesus Christ save your soul? Maybe you're here today and you're discouraged, you're struggling, or maybe 
You're like, you know what, I just needed that reminder of who God is. He's a personal father. He's divine, so he's perfect, and yet he's relational. Maybe there was something about mercy or grace or peace that you just like want to thank God for today. Or maybe you're a dad and you're saying, you know what, I need to grow in this. God, help me with that. Whatever it is, uh, we're going to stand here in a second, and uh, we'll let uh, Pastor Brett and Rachel sing and play here for this, and maybe just deal with something in your seat up here. Uh, but I'll pray for us, and then we'll stand, and you can deal and respond with God as you wish. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for being my Father. Thank you for Jesus Christ, his work, so we have access to you as our Father. Lord, thank you for your grace, your mercy, your peace, your love. Lord, may we share that this week, rest in that, run to that, delight in that. Lord, I pray that everything we say and do today will honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go ahead and stand if you would. You can pray at your seat, you can sing, you can just talk to God, you can come up here if you want to deal with up here, uh, but let's uh, respond, right? When a message is preached, we've got to respond, all right? Maybe it's a praise, maybe it's a thanks, maybe it's a I need to grow or maybe I need to live in this, whatever it is, we'll sing grace greater than sin, and your response as the Spirit leads. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord, grace that Father's Day once again, Dad. Thank you for coming. If there's anything we can do for you, uh, please let us know. Pastor had to slip out, so I told him he just, you know, he, you know, conviction. He, he didn't want to come, so he had to get up. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We were joking about it, but he's an awesome dad. So, Dads, grab a mug. Uh, take a family photo in the booth. Thanks to Abby and JD. They got all that set up uh, for that. And don't forget tonight, 6.30 is VBS. 7 o'clock is the service. Utah Church is going to be presenting. Um, you'll want to hear about uh, what God did out in Utah with them. And uh, I think that's it. So anything else, Pastor Brett? All right. Uh, Lord bless you and keep you. You are dismissed. Thanks for coming.